Good evening, Tucson Mountain Baptist Church. Let's bow for a brief prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this very special time that we get to meet together uh, as a family, as a church family. And uh, Lord, we just uh, offer you, offer ourselves up to you at this time. And we ask for the worship and uh, uh, teaching time and uh, prayer time to be all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust his cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust him, precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that he thing not on again oh there it is this one's must be delayed a little bit more I think that's Craig's pencil all right so tonight we are talking and starting a new series and it's basically how to live a stressless life so as we talk about this, there's going to be a lot of things that 
we come across, but I wanted to give you guys some stats and information first before we get into this, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions. That's why we have the whiteboard, so we can write some things down. According to the American Institute of Stress, 77% of all Americans regularly experience physical symptoms caused by stress. Now, what that means is it impacts their body in a real and tangible way with symptoms that include, typically include headaches, loss of energy, chest pain, nausea, dizziness, and much more. The same study revealed that 48% of people lie awake at night and have difficulty sleeping because of stress. Okay? So let me get, let me get, let's, let's think about what those numbers mean for just a second. All right? Right now, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. That means that all of this, yeah, I can count. <laughs> that means that there out of, if there's 8 out of 10, that means 80% of us sitting here tonight, what's 80% of 28? Come on, mathematicians, help me out. Well, it would be, it would be that's, that's the ones that are balanced and more stable right now. It's three or four. The rest of us are stressed out. <laughs> All right? So, see, the problem is this creates some situations that we don't, tend to think about on a regular basis. So if 8 out of 10 people pass, that you pass on the street, are sitting in a service like this, if there's 30 people here, that means there's only 6 of them that aren't all stressed out. Think about that for just a second. If only 48% of the people are getting enough sleep at night to not be stressed, that means half of the people that are here today didn't get enough sleep last night. So if there's 30 of us here, approximately there would be 15 that didn't get enough sleep. So what, that, what does that number equate to? If you're driving down the road, <laughs> half of the people that are driving by you have not had enough sleep. So that's some of the things we have to contend with. Don't, don't raise your hand, Elaine. You're not supposed to tell them you're that way. The bad thing is we have to remember when we come into a church service, there's 80% of the people in there, 77%, that are all stressed out. And there's half of the people that have not had enough sleep. So when you greet them, be kind and gentle and loving. <laughs> Yeah, don't wake them up. <laughs> if they go to sleep during service, let them snore. You know. Um, in today's world we're living in, things aren't getting easier either. The same, the same um, stress institute said that since the final months of 2019 till now, more than 67% of people have reported that their stress level has went up. So we're all stressed out. That's, that's all we can say. 
And it doesn't matter if you're young or you're old or you're male or you're female or you're Republican or you're Democrat or you're a corporate executive or you're an intern. It's not a respecter of anybody or any sex or any political party. So we have to remember that. And it doesn't matter if you're Christian or an atheist. It attacks everybody the same. So my question for you guys to start with is tell me some things that stress us out. Maybe they don't stress you out, but they stress somebody out. Maybe it's your husbands, spouses. All right. Let's put that up there. And then we're going to talk about this a little bit. All right. Spouses. Children. Finances. Finances. News. Traffic. Okay. Uh, jobs. Lack of. That's okay. We're going to stop here in just a second because you guys are getting the drift. What's that? Projects. Oh, that one works better. The future. <laughs> Not catching any fish. That stresses you out. <laughs> Medical issues. Well, we're going to, over the next six to eight weeks, we're going to try to give you some help with that, Larry. That's all I can tell you. Here's the real problem. The more we try to fight stress, the heavier it gets, the more problematic it becomes. We try, we can't tell ourselves to suck it up. We can't medicate it away. We can't, you know, we can't do anything to really manage it on our own and that's where we're that's where we're going to but it's really important in order to escape stress we have to think about the possibilities that are there um, and it's on your sheet you know we can respond to stressful situations in a way where we just endure life we endure life or we can genuinely enjoy life by the unshakable presence and indescribable gift of God's peace and that's where we're going to start is with God's peace. Because we're going to talk about things Sunday and tonight that, that lead up to that peace. Okay? So, but the good news is the presence of stress doesn't need to dominate our lives. But it, it will if we allow it to. And that's where we have to start making some decisions. So we have to start thinking about the alternatives the possibilities of the alternatives that are available to us. So what are those alternatives? The very first passage we have from Scripture is, is Genesis 25.8. And 
when you first read this, you're going to think, what is, what is he talking about? Ah, the board's in the way. I'm sorry. We'll go back to this in a minute, okay? All right. Don't, don't stress out, Larry. Just tell me what you need, brother. Now it's on that side. Oh, my goodness. You guys, you guys are tough to contend with. Okay, new rule. If you come in, listen, I'm going to move it. Just a minute. When you come in at night for the next six to eight weeks especially, Come to these two center sections. It'll be easier for everybody, including that guy back there in the sound booth. Okay? So we're going to put it over here till I get till I till we get done with a little bit. All right? So we're going to go back. All right? Let's see. Where did we leave off? Now I'm lost. Oh, Abraham. Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age. An old man satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. Now how is that talking about stress? Well, let, he was satisfied. But let's think about this. If you're familiar with Abraham's story, we have to remember a few things about Abraham. Abraham, he had a unique place in history, really. He was the forefather of both the nation of Israel and the Arab people. So he was in a unique spot. But he had a deep, deep personal relationship with God. And that's shown throughout all the stories we read about Abraham. Now, we just, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, right? Now, I don't, I don't want anybody to confess or profess this, but some of us probably overeat. Never. Uh-huh. Remember where you guys are at. <coughs> As a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, he was able to dedicate himself to his family. He was able to watch over his family. He lived as part businessman. He lived as part farmer. He lived as part soldier. And he also lived as part priest. But he was full, just like we were full when we pushed ourselves away from the Thanksgiving table. He was full because he was blessed. He was fully blessed throughout his life. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking to be fully blessed in our life when the time comes. When he went home, he was fully blessed. And we have to remember that he was able to do all those things in his life, and he died satisfied. When it came time for him to go home, he was completely satisfied. So... We live in a modern-day world, right? How many of you, let's see a show of hands just real quick. How many of you think the world's going at too fast of a pace for some of us? Yeah, most of you. Um, if we could slow it down some way, it'd be great. Maybe it would eliminate some of the stress in our lives. But we have to think about some things, you know, really what is it? Stress is life-taking. That's that next fill-in. Stress is life-taking rather than life-giving. Stress does way more harm to us physically than we can possibly imagine. And it hurts us. We can't manage, alleviate, or eliminate stress from our lives. It's part of our life. What we need to do is learn how to not let it affect us the way it affects us. 
So what we're going to be looking at over the next six to eight weeks is, is a change of attitude, which hopefully will change our actions and our, and our stress levels. Okay? And I, I'm, I'm going to remind you, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm just a simple church counselor. That, that's going to, we're going to talk about some biblical principles that if you apply to your life can alleviate some of that. It's not going to take it all away. But if you put those things into practice that God gives us and tells us, you can live that stressless life. Abraham was an example of what life could be and what life should be. We were created to be full of purpose. We were created to do some things with our life. We were created to make sure and, and have that purpose and that peace that God gives us. God gives us such rich blessings in our life. And sometimes we don't see those blessings as blessings. There's a lot of things in life that can be stress. Jesus described it this way in John 10.10. 10. It's on your sheet. Jesus described it that we were created for the abundant life. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come so that you would have life and have it abundantly. Sometimes I think as Christians we tend to forget that. We don't mean to, but we do. <clears throat> We've been given everything from God's word and the gift of salvation to live a life that's devoid of stress. But we, we, we allow things to get into our head and into our heart and our minds that, that affect us. And, and we have to put barriers up against those things. And we're talking about those as we go along. Here's the thing. I believe a lot of us have in mind that we know this stress is harmful to us. But we think that the promise of the abundant life, the promise that God gives us as Christians, we have to reach some unknown milestone in our life before we're able to put that into play. Maybe it's make a million dollars and have that in the bank before we can be stressed less. Or maybe it's, maybe it's, we're not going to have that until we get to heaven, until we die. But he says he came to give us the abundant life right now. Okay? And it's, it's a different mindset, I understand. We don't have to wait for that promise of the abundant life. It's here and it's available right now. Okay. So we're going to go back to the board in just a second. Okay, Larry, just so you know. Giving you a head up. We need and can appropriate that stressless life, and we can appropriate what it looks like, but we have to put it into practice. It's just like if you go to the doctor and, and you have a real bad wound on your arm, and it's all road rashed and it's hurting, and the doctor gives you this cream. He gives you the prescription for the cream, and you go to the pharmacist, and you pick up the cream, and you take it home and put it on the shelf, but you don't apply it to your arm. It's not going to do you a bit of good. You have to apply it. And that's the same way it is with God's Word when we're looking at these things. You can take hold 
of this indescribable, soul-satisfying, joy-producing first fruit that he really gives us, fruit-bearing life, but you have to put it into practice. Think about this. Some of the stressors in our life are some of the things you mentioned, but let me give you just a few that the Stress Institute put out. Stresses in our schedules, in our budgets, in our relationships, in our decision-making, during spiritual battles, stress caused by circumstances that are completely outside of our control. Those are the things that stress us out. So what is stress specifically, and why is it bad for us? I've told you guys before, and I'm going to tell you again. If you haven't figured this out, you need to hear me very clearly. Life, all of life, is a stress test. All of it. Just because we're a Christian doesn't mean we're not going to have stress. But there's some Christians that are like overwhelmed and surprised when they come under stress. But Scripture tells us we should expect that. Everything in life is a stress test. Think about this. The successes, the failures, the relationships, the work, the families, the friends, the sicknesses, the uncertainty, finances like we talked about, good times, dreams, bad times, tragedies, dramas, all those things. They tend to cause stress in our life. Now, most of the time, stress is negative. It comes from a negative source. Sometimes those, those little stress things and we're going to talk about that in more detail in just a second, are just bite-sized pieces. But when you have enough of those bite-sized pieces piled up, they weigh you down. Or they can be one big event that overwhelms you. So you have to think about stress in a different way. And that's what hopefully we're going to be able to, to go through over the next few weeks, like I said. So really... What's the goal of all the pressure that we come under with stress? Yeah, that's it, right? What's the point? Why do we go through all this stress? I'm going to tell you what I, what I think God's reasoning is and what I'm pretty sure we can define from Scripture. It's to reveal the true, true character of your heart. If we start to think about it that way, we can look at stress differently. It's to reveal the character and condition of your heart, where you're at, at that particular moment. And sometimes we do exactly what we should do in light of the stress. Other times we fail the test. So let's think about what stress really is. We need to make sure that we're all on the same page as we start into this study about how we define stress. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You have two particular um, definitions there. The physiology, which is a specific response by the body to a stimulus as fear or pain that disturbs or interferes with the normal physiological equilibrium of an organism. That says a lot, right? <laughs> There's also the physical, mental, or emotional strain or tension. All right. Now, those are, those are technically correct definitions from two different sources. 
but they're semantically correct, but they're not what we feel when we have stress. So I want to define this. And a lot of this, this first couple of sessions are going to be a lot of, a lot of understanding what stress is and what, what, how, stress, how stress makes us feel. Okay? The simpler definition is this. It's the fearful concerns we experience when life demands seem greater than our ability to meet them. If you have a certain amount of resources, uh, either physically, financially, emotionally, or spiritually, or all, all combined, and they don't meet that need or that demand that is in front of you, that's when you start to stress. Okay? So let's talk for a minute and think about this. How many of you like challenges? Oh, okay, a couple of you. Uh, used to. <coughs> For some people, stress is not as inherent as it is with other people. For some people, stress is seen as a challenge because they like challenges, stress doesn't bother them. You understand where I'm going with that? So it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't come across. But there is a vast difference between stressors and stress. And that's why I had you start this chart. So let's get this back over here. Don't stress, Larry. We're going to move it back. All right. So these are actually stressors. What is the difference between a stress and stressors? Pretty close. Stressors are those circumstances that, that create levels of tension and pressure and strain that actually lead to the stress. Okay. They can be big things, like we said a moment ago, or they can be small things. They can be a culmination of all things put together that finally just one small little stressor breaks the camel's back. So what you do with those little stressors is very important because the culmination of a lot of stressors will push you over the edge to a panic and anxiety state. And we're going to talk about that later. But I just want to give you some basics tonight. Stressors are usually those negative moments like we talked about a minute ago. So we have to, we have to keep those things in mind. Stressors are what we face while stress is what we feel. Stressors are what we face, while stress is what we feel. All these things are stressors. Just because they're minor stressors doesn't mean they're easy to deal with. Because sometimes the minor ones befuddle us more than the major ones. There's some things, you've got a few up there, but not all of them. You talked about jobs. How about medical issue as far as uh, terminal? How 
How about divorce? <coughs> it can be, but I've seen I've seen some people that have gotten divorced that have remarried because they realized what they had lost. Um, stress doesn't cause itself is my whole point here. It's the culmination of stressors are one giant stress or that causes a problem. Let's think about a big stressor that just caused a lot of problems. How about this pandemic? It affected every country, every corner of the globe. Nobody was really left out. At first, we thought some countries and some areas were left out, but they were finally reached. How about wars? Is that something that we control? Typically, no. How about politics and elections? Is that something we really control? I mean, be honest. Kathy and I have come to conclusion between between at this time of the year between political ads and medical ads that come in we could have saved at least twelve trees. Yeah. <laughs> we we encounter every single kind every single one of us encounter counter stressors in our everyday life. There's no way we're not going to encounter stressors. But how we deal with those individual stressors is what's going to make the difference if it, if it goes into a full-blown stre full stress situation which causes anxiety and, and moves us into a different mindset. So we have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Can, can I tell them what happened you did this morning? Now, my wife wears glasses, but other than wearing glasses, she sees pretty good. She has been getting these, you guys get those EOBs, the explanation of benefits. She's been getting these things in a 9 by 12 manila envelope that is one whole page. It's like three pages glued together. And it's one sheet. And she's going, why do they keep sending me these? I can see these on, uh, mine come in, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheet paper, right? She's getting these things that are like three of those. And she's going, I do not. So she got frustrated this morning. And she says, it says here, if you want to change the format, these come in. You have to call this number. So we're thinking, okay, this will take a minute or two, right? How many times did they transfer you? How long did it take? <laughs> here's here's the real bottom line. The 
The truth is followers of Jesus are not immune to stress. They're not immune to stressors. They're not immune to these circumstances. But, and it's very clear from Scripture that we shouldn't think we're immune to it. In actuality, we should expect it. Look at what it says. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy, But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. It's funny. I walked into Best Office this afternoon. I said, do you see the latest news? I said, there's earthquakes up in Canada. There's all kinds of tornadoes on the East Coast. And now there's a third volcano erupting over in the Hawaiian Islands. I said, we're shaking, rattling, and rolling. So, stress. The planet is even getting stressed. Think about that. The Amplified Bible defines the phrase difficult times this way. It says, of great stress and struggle, trouble that will be hard to bear. Stress is often hard to bear. Peter added this in 1 Peter 4.12. He says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing. There it is again. As though something strange were happening to you. He says, don't be surprised when you face all these stressors. So what, what can we do about it? What can we do as Christians about it? What would you guys think? Turn it over to Jesus. Okay. Read scripture. Say it again, Larry. <laughs> Turn off TV and telephone. Listen, I want to tell you guys something. I want you to think about this for a moment. If we're having stressors in our life and it's causing us stress, it's usually an indicator that we're going in the right direction. Where do our attacks come from? If he can take us out of play in any particular way, whether it's physical, mental, or spiritual, he's got half the battle won. He knows that. You have to remember, he's the great deceiver. He's the father of all lies. And if he can take us out of commission, even for a little while, where we're not thinking about Christ, we're not doing what Christ wants us to do, we're not moving down the path that we need to be moving down, then it's very easy for him to get, it's just like the old salesman trick. He gets his foot door, and then he pushes his way on in. We have to, we have to remember that. So what distinguishes us is not the absence of pressure, strain, or stressors, or stress. What distinguishes us is being able to have that unshakable presence of God's indescribable gift of peace. Now, there's several kinds of peace, and we're going to talk about this some more Sunday a little bit, but we're going to talk, talk about it briefly tonight. There's peace of God, and there's peace with God. Think about that for a few seconds. So all these stressors come into play. Get rid of this again.
We don't want to stress Larry out. Or anybody else. So I've got some questions down there, you know. The big question we need to think about is when you encounter difficult circumstances, do you experience stress or do you experience peace? If you experience stress, when those stressors come along and they start to squeeze you, the pressures of life start to squeeze you, what comes out? Is it anxiety? Is it worry? Is it frustration? What comes out? Or is it peace that passes all understanding? Is it worry and fear? See, we have to think about those things sometimes. We, we don't talk about it as much as I think maybe we should because it's a reality. We all know it's a reality, but Scripture tells us in Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God passes all comprehension. But there's some things we have to think about that tie back into this. Genuine concern versus fearful concerns. Now, we know as Christians, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, Scripture says we are not to worry. But we all know we worry about some things. Even though Scripture says we shouldn't. So how do, we, how do we get past that and really start to put that into practice? Well, I think we have to identify genuine concerns from fearful concerns, real concerns from fearful concerns. Who's the father of all lies? Satan. We've got to keep that in mind as we look at all this stuff. Okay. Get to my other cheat sheet here. How many of you remember the Lion King? You remember the song, Akuna Matata? You know the lyrics to it? Can you sing a little bit of it for us real quick? <laughs> I've returned the spot. Stress, stress. You know, it's a great theme song, but it's lousy theology. <laughs> terrible, terrible theology and philosophy to live life by. Because we know we're going to have stressors in life. We know there's going to be stress there. How do we handle the stress that comes at us? Is it genuine or is it something fearful? that Satan is putting into our lives. And I'm not saying that there aren't some genuine things that might be fearful, but I'm saying we have to start evaluating those things and looking at those things from a more realistic perspective. Tamla. Yeah. I turn around and I think, you know 
Think about this. <clears throat> a genuine concern, this is the next villain. A genuine concern is expressed through a dependence on God. It causes us to ask, what will he do? See, a fearful, fearful concern is different. A fearful concern is expressed through dependence on self. It causes us to ask, what am I going to do next? How am I going to handle this? See, there's a difference in how it's dealt with. Yeah, Mary. Let's try a quick straw poll. How many of you have ever worried about something that never came to be? So that time you spent worrying and fretting and wringing your hands about it, that was sort of wasted time, huh? Yeah. It's, it's, dip, it's difficult. We know it. Instinctively, we know it. We read God's Word. We take it to heart. We want to put it into practice, but yet we struggle. So we have to think about why is that? You know, the right response, the very absolute right response, and it's on your paper, is we have to, when you feel genuinely concerned, and we're going to talk about this in greater detail in just a second, is to carry that burden to God and lay it at the feet of the cross and then leave it there. All right? I'm going to tell you guys something. I've said this from the pulpit two or three times. But we are, we are great, we are great, great people at taking our, our problems to God, laying them at God's feet, and turn around and walk away, and five minutes later we come back and pick them up. You know why that is? Because we're called to be living sacrifices. And living sacrifices crawl off the altar. That's what we're doing every time we go back and pick it up. We can't take it and, and leave it there. We go back and pick up because we're, we're one of two things. One of two things we typically do. We either aren't sure God's going to take care of it or we don't think he's going to take care of it the way we want him to take care of it. And either way, you know what we're saying to God when we do that? We're saying, God, we don't trust you. We don't think you can handle it. That's a mistake on our parts. So we have, to, we have to remember, listen, the only way we're going to get past some of this stuff is to give it to God, lay it at his feet, and walk away, and don't pick it back up. Because all those things we've worried about before that never came to be, Wasted energy, wasted time. And we've all done it. See, there we go. God, you're not handling fast enough. Think about this. Genuine concern is expressed through that dependence on God. Fearful concern is expressed through that dependence on ourselves. The biblical term for genuine, genuine concern is burden. Burden. 
Why? Why, why would that word be thought of in, in a biblical sense? Because when we have a genuine concern, it's typically about other people. It's about other things. It becomes a burden. But Scripture tells us we're to lay those burdens down, not to carry those burdens. Listen, I don't care how smart you are, how well-educated you are, how superior spiritually you are. doesn't matter to me, because from what I read in God's Word, the real issue is that we are not hardwired to carry those burdens by ourselves. And we're not hardwired to hang on to those burdens. Look at what these scriptures say with me real quick. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. Give it up. And leave it there. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says this, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, having cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares about you. We're not created and designed to carry that burden. He tells us that over and over again. He has to repeatedly tell us that because we don't get it the first time. You throw it as far away as you can. Absolutely. And it's a strong action. It's not meant as a weak action. On a practical level, it should be like this. Think about this. Lord, here's the situation. I don't have what it takes to fix this situation. I don't know how to fix it, but you know what? I know you do, so I'm placing that burden in your hands, and I want you to take care of it, and I'm going to leave. If we start doing that, we'll be a lot less stressed out. But you've got to put it into practice. On the flip side, let's think about fearful concern before we close this up for a minute. It's when we refuse to let go of those burdens. It's when we refuse to let go of those worries and anxieties and those fears. And they haunt us and they stay with us. We have to start taking those things away. And if it's, if it's a fearful concern that you're not sure if it's genuine or not, you still need to give it to God. That's the only way we're going to get past this. We face a lot of situations in our life, Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter, that are absolutely beyond, beyond our control. We had some of those on the board of stressors a minute ago. Wars, politics, elections, the pandemic, all that stuff was way beyond any of our control. The only thing we could control was ourselves. I had to tell somebody this week that... <laughs> They were struggling with some things personally. And I asked them very point blank. I said, are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you one of his learners? Well, yes, I am. I, I follow Jesus. I, wanna, I said, then you have to understand something. 
because it was a personal issue with him. <laughs> Part of being a disciple is discipline. You have to learn to discipline yourself. You can only take care and control your discipline and yourself. I could no longer control Larry or Dale or Pam or Beth than anything else. I can encourage them. I can, I can give them words of encouragement. I can give them words of strength. Or I can either tear them down and discourage them. What we say has a lot of power. And sometimes we forget that component. But if we, if we think about these stressors in our life, we can help those that are struggling with stress by giving them words of encouragement and giving them words of faith to build them up, not tear them down. And we can help them with those fearful issues. Because if somebody shares a fearful issue with you and you recognize that as a fearful concern and, it, and, and you're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together and it's saying, you know what, I'm wondering how, how tangible, how real, you know, is that, is that real in, in, in our lives? And then you can say, you know what, let me pray with you about that. Let me come side, beside of you and, and hand in hand you pray about that issue, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be anything big. I had a lady a while back that wanted me to pray for her dog. Because her dog was not feeling well. Sure, I'll pray with you. Let's go. But, but you have to you have to look at the burden and put it and keep it in the proper perspective. Alright? We can become so weighed down with those things in life and it's on your paper. I think, maybe not. We can become so weighed down with those burdens in our life that we're just enduring life. We're not enjoying life. And we don't want to do that. We want to be able to handle those stressors to help keep our stress level in check. I put one last thing on the paper there for the last film. I can experience peace with God and peace of God in every situation. And we're going to find those more readily next time. But I want you to think about that a little bit. That peace with God is the assurance that we know who we are in Christ and we know where we're going. No matter all the world chaos that's happening right now, you know, we're not going to change that. And we have to come to the realization that we're not going to change that. And we think, well, we can elect this person out of office, or we can elect this person in office, or we can do this. Yeah, it ain't going to make that much difference, folks, in all honesty. Because who is in control? God. God's got all this in the palm of his hand. He knows what he's doing. And, and we want to help him. But he don't need our help. All he needs us to do is stay faithful and obedient. He says our obedience is better than sacrifice. Think about that. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the time you've let us to spend tonight. I, I hope that we planted some seeds for, for the rest of this. Um, this is just sort of an introduction, an overview to help define some things. And as we continue on down this path, we pray that you would instill in people's heart the assurance that they need, the understanding that they need, that, that all these stressors that we face in our life, 
They're just that. They're stressors. We have one of two ways we can deal with them. We can endure them, or we can enjoy the God-given abundant life that you've given us. And I pray, Lord, that at the end of this time we spend together each week, that people would go away from here energized, encouraged, charged up to understand that, you know, we face these things, yes, but we have the opportunity to have that peace with God and that peace of God as we walk each and every day on this earth. And Father, we just love you and we praise you and we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have some uh, prayers and praises. And you're going to